Money Spot, the place where we answer your money questions. I'm your host, Heather Katonga Woodward, and in this week's episode, we've got an interesting question about side hustles from Jennifer. And it's even more interesting because I'd actually done a podcast on it, very similar lines, a month before I got the question. So it goes to show that when the economy is going through various things, people start questioning the same sorts of themes of things financially. So if you're interested in a side hustle and you're in Britain, this one's for you. Enjoy. Hey Heather, my name is Jennifer. I want to start a side hustle, but I don't know where to start or how to organize myself. No one that I know has a side hustle. They just do the nine to five and then chill. Are side hustles just not a British thing? Please help me with some tips. I need some direction. Thank you. In order to answer this question, I invited Sylvia Kotaba Harris from Accounts and Legal. She has a large portfolio of clients with full-time businesses and side hustles, and we just launch into a discussion about a wide range of things to do with business and starting a business. And if you'd like to ask Sylvia any questions, look at the show notes for her contact details. She should be your first port of call if you've got any accounting or legal question to do with starting a side hustle or a business, whatever the case enjoy this discussion and pull out of it whatever you can. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Well, I'm an, I'm, I am an associate director at Accountant Legal. Um, and I was working as accountant before and now I basically, for the past few years, I've been looking after new business for both the accountancy side and for the legal side, which we sort of set up quite recently last year. Okay, okay. So you, you're familiar both with accounting and legal aspects of business well, I should have been I should be because I've got a law degree so it will be <laughs> okay perfect let's start but I'm not I'm not a lawyer so just to, I'm never actually qualified so so that's 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 it really <laughs> that's absolutely fine Great. so Sylvia I found your blog on side hustles because I was wondering do people in the UK side hustle I thought it was very much a US thing and I've never had someone at work tell me about their side hustle. People seem to have hobbies, but no one seems to be trying to make money outside of work. So that's why I ended up find, uh, Googling, do people in the UK do side hustles? And then I found this marvelous post that you'd written about this, the topic. Um, can you tell us what proportion of Brits actually have side hustles? How much time they spend on them? And how much, on average, they're earning from them? Because you had quite a lot of stats in your blog about this. Yeah, so it's it's actually quite tricky to... to the, I think the uh, research you're referring to is um, the Henley Business School um, research um, that, that has been done a while back, probably a couple of years ago. Um, and Henley Business School predicts that in the next 10 years, so by the 2030, um, we will have at least half of the population or half of the UK population will have a form of side hustle. Um, and apparently even at the moment, uh, the estimate that they contribute as in ha- side hustle contribute to the UK economy is about 72 billion. Mm. I think it's staggering. Obviously, you would have to have a look in more detail into the research that has been done. Um, but even if it's less, it's still staggering, I think. 
It is. And your interest in this is as an accountant. You have a background in accounting and a little bit of law. And can you tell us a little bit more about how this relates to you as an accountant? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually do have accounts in legal. We have um, approximately around 500 clients um, and quite a few of them. Um, it's, it's difficult to sort of estimate how many of them actually are site hustlers or actually started initially as a site hustling business. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have quite a few mm-hmm. um, and they come from different backgrounds and different uh, professions, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, some the obvious ones I think are clients, people who just want to earn extra money. Mm. Um, and with the rise of Amazon, eBay, it's just became so easy. Mm. You're just a tiny bit, I think, entrepreneurial. Mm. You can do it. You don't even really need to you know, be particularly internet savvy. Um, mm. I think you can do it. I would say uh, the, the second group, or group, there's quite a few of those groups. Um, I think the second group is people who started their hustle, side hustle as a hobby, which you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also very popular. So I personally look after um, a few social media influencers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as you can imagine, for them, it has really started as a, as a hobby, really, because you can't sort of predict, oh, yes, I'm going to be a great, you know, huge uh, Instagram star with mm-hmm. 300 thousand followers because that's very difficult to predict really isn't it i know you can um, only put the content out there and whether people like it or not is up to the people exactly i mean precisely that um and so yes yeah, so for them of course it started as a hobby and uh, and obviously they really enjoyed uh, enjoyed it and and that became their their main business um, which i think if you think about it probably 10 15 years ago mm. you would never guess it so yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Um, so I would say there are two groups. I would, that's my division, by the way. There's no research on that. I would say based on the clients I've seen, mm. um, apart from exceptions, which I'll mention later, um, the main group or the two main groups are the people, the clients who want to earn extra money. Mm. Um, and they don't know how it's going to go. Okay, well, I want to sell. We had a client who wants to sell baby products on Amazon. Um, he's got his own sort of full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, in a completely different industry um, and he wanted to earn extra money and that's that's one group and the second group is people who are just generally really um, pursuing their hobbies you know mm-hmm. people who are doing portraits people who are tutoring mm-hmm. graphic designers very popular um, mm-hmm. digital marketing management because not everyone really is interested in that and actually having as a company especially if you're a small company you don't want to perhaps hire someone full-time yeah. quite a lot of money. Um, but you still want to have it covered. And if you're not, let's say, Instagram savvy or Facebook savvy, mm. it's uh, obviously a very good way to marriage, sort of make a marriage of those two. Uh, you have a free, freelancer, you don't have to sort of commit to paying, you know, lots of money throughout the month. You can yeah. just sort of do it on a basis. Yeah. Um, so you get so what yeah. you need done at less than the cost of a full employee who exactly. you need anyway. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yes, I would say those are the two, I would say the two main groups. However, they are exceptions and they're quite good. So I had a quite recently, actually, funny, funny enough, mm-hmm. um, a client who came to us and he, it wasn't his hobby. He mm-hmm. just wanted to buy a home brewing system, right, to, to make his own beer. Mm-hmm. And when he contacted a supplier in China, he, he was just shocked how the difference goes 
the, the sort of the price difference, mm. how rapidly it goes down if you wanted to purchase just one. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he just needed one. Mm. Um, but the, the price just plummeted if he bought, I can't remember what I might have, something like 30 or 50. Mm. And he thought, well, hold on a second. I'm sure I can sell it on eBay. Mm. Um, let's get it, you know, let's, let's get it, let's get it started. And that's exactly what he did. Mm. Um, and now he is, ba- that's basically his main business. He's selling loads of those. You're kidding me. <laughs> Honestly. He started off just wanting to get something for himself. And now basically, it's a fully fledged business. Basically, yeah. And then you've got, I, I know a lady who, um, <laughs> this is, I can't even, it's going to be actually quite difficult to explain, but she creates those little badges that, you know, you can sort of sew it onto your jacket or top. Mm-hmm. And she started doing this purely for pleasure. She loves doing it. Um, or people who are knitting as well, and they, they mm-hmm. sell it on Etsy and stuff. In her case, she's selling quite a lot of them. I think it's about, 40 or 50k a year as a kind of as a side hustle now obviously now it's her business no i honestly i have no idea how but it's how much does each one of them sell for like it's not it's not expensive i mean Mm. i could it's it's very particular i would i would try to think it out it's a very particular um type as well I can't remember on top of my head, unfortunately, what it is. But it's kind of like, let's say, if you if you um, into particular style, mm. let's say military. Okay, yeah, like, it's not military, but that's the basic premise. You uh. would never think that there is such a huge um, market for. So you actually never know what your audience will be looking for, and yeah. you know what will be popular. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely, it's it's something to. to so- admire, I guess. Yeah, if we focus on the group of people that just want a side hustle as something extra to work and don't plan to make it their full-time business, do you have any idea what sort of time they're spending on this? Are they spending a couple of hours a night, six hours, all all their free time? Did you have any sort of statistics on this? Yeah, apparently... Apparently, one in five work an additional. I think if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, sixteen to twenty hours mm. uh, per week, mm. um, and and an average person spends six to fifteen hours per week, if I remember correctly. So it's actually mm. quite a lot of time. Um, actually, that sounds about two to three hours per night. Yeah, two and a bit hours. Yeah, and I did yeah. some research about how much free time mm. people actually have, and according to the research women have an average of five hours free per day and men have an average of six hours free per day. So there is some time in there to, to pursue your hobby. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's good to know. One thing that always bothers me about side hustles is the possible conflict with work. You maybe want to pursue something that is a little bit similar to the work that you do do you have any clients that have come to you with that sort of problem and how do they navigate it? Do work contracts ever require you to be um, working for them only, not allowed to work on side hustles? This might be a consideration people have. What should they do? Should they ask their employer? Should they just look at their own contract? Should they just assume it's okay? How does that work? Yeah, that's a very good, that's a actually excellent point. That's a really good point. Um, so I think you may know it more, more about it than I do, working, having worked in banking. Um, but I would say that the, the, usually there is no, I don't think that usually there is a problem when you want to start, you know, side hustle, particularly if it's in a different, and 
I would, I would guess, and in my experience, however, this is obviously not the norm, um, there usually if you're starting or clients who are starting side hustles, it tends to be different to their current line of employment, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shouldn't really be a problem because there is, you know, that you've got obviously the legal side and perhaps the ethical side. So if you, mm-hmm. I don't know, if your employer is selling something at 10 pounds per item and you're going to start selling at seven, this, I think there's an ethical um, side to it. Yeah. Um, legally, I would say it's always, whatever you're doing, it's always good to look at your contract and mm-hmm. see whether there is anything, you know, stopping you, if you like, from uh, doing something like a side hustle. I think yeah. the obvious example, which again you will know more about, is if you work in banking. I did have a client in the past who set up a limited company, mm-hmm. um, and her client, she was um, surprisingly also people start. Uh, this is a side note, but also people start side hustle. She was actually quite high in um, in one of the major investment banks, mm-hmm. um, and her contract explicitly forbid her or uh, stopped her from uh, taking other directorial positions. And obviously she owned her limited company, which meant that she was director. Um, and I can, I can, if I'm honest, I can completely understand that because if you work with prominent clients, you, you, know, you want to work with someone, they may seem, it may seem or they may think that you're not committed enough if you're doing something else. Yeah. Despite the fact that you could argue it another way where this is just kind of my hobby and I want to, but I think you then, in that case, you're also very serious about it because you already registered your limited company. Mm. You're hoping that it's going to be more than a thousand pounds per year. <laughs> um, so I think those, those the, the, from that aspect, I would say always definitely check your contract just in case. So what did she do? Did she have to quit? Quit she her job? resigned. She actually oh really? Resigned. And yeah, she pursued so she her. Because it was a very early stages. I think she actually asked. Um, mm. And she was told that that would be a conflict of interest. But I think in most cases, um, especially in other industries, I shouldn't think that that would be a problem. But I would say always check your contract. And if you're particularly worried about your, your job, then obviously ask the HR um, mm. department, you know, what's their position as well. But it is, I, I would say it is quite unlikely because really the employer should not care what you do um, you know, with your hobbies and in, in your spare time, really. Exactly. Um, the only considerations yeah. are if you're doing something that competes with them, if you work in a, com- yes. a commercial yes. business, exactly. you don't want to be undercutting them or using their clients. And also, I guess another consideration is if you start a business and it creates reputational issues, um, okay. especially if you're going to be an influencer if you think if you're doing something that they think is embarrassing for them, they won't like it. And yes. I think that's one of the key things about banking. They don't want you to do anything that will embarrass them uh, as a starting point. Anything that will take your time and attention. Second, um, third, they want the right to say no. So I bet if she said she was going to be a director um, at something that was complimentary to the bank, they'd be like, "Oh yes, go right ahead." Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Perhaps. Yes, that's 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 a very good point. I think you're absolutely right. I'm t- I think it's spot on. Um, yeah, because I'm I sure these that. chief executives of banks have director positions at things like charities, you know, things that make the bank yeah, look good. Yeah, it makes you look better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think the 2008 crisis is probably enough of embarrassment. Maybe that's why mm. <laughs> that's the um, they wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, again, I think it's a, 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 and you probably will agree, it is more of an exemption because uh, uh, if you work in 
you're as an accountant and you want to start selling your budgets on the on Etsy, I don't think anyone will care to be honest. But again, always be you know better safe than sorry. Check your contract. Yeah, and that should definitely. Um, well, I'm I'm going to mention here um, how uh, after I wrote to you, you thought this name looks familiar, and then yes. you realized you'd read yes. my book to become an investment banker, which is a book I, I wrote in 2012. It was my yes. first book. So this whole finding you just showed how small this world is. Absolutely. Uh, I found that incredible, incredible. Like when you told me that, oh, I've read your book, that actually literally blew my mind. Because when I, read, when I wrote to you, I wasn't even expecting you to respond. You know, it's like you can send an email, but you don't know whether the person will respond or not. But yeah, I'm glad you did respond. Now yeah. I'd love to tackle the specific reason people come to you with their side hustles. How do you help them? What are the accounting issues and what are the legal issues? Because you, you actually combine both. So I'd really love to understand how, if someone is listening to this, they've always just earned uh, via pay as you earn, what they need to think about and why they might need to seek someone like you out. And I will include your details with the podcast episode notes so that they, if you want to contact you and do something with you, they'll be able to do that. Perfect. And, and you can perhaps even um, include the link to our um, blog because it does have so much information, especially if you're interested in starting your own small business. It's got vast um, number of uh, articles and information um, that could potentially help you. Um, yeah, an awesome starting point. Yeah. I'll include that in my own uh, podcast notes and blog episode. I write a blog for every episode, so I'll include it in there as well. Great. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, right. So I think um, where to start? I guess it's, it's such a vast topic that it's, it's difficult to know where actually to start. But I think the starting point is for uh, if you're planning to set up a business or have a side hustle, Let's start with the side hustle. If you think it's going to be just a side hustle and you will earn, well, the starting point is that the first thousand pounds and below that you earn from the trading income or property income, you don't even have to declare it to HMRC. You don't have to even worry. Anything about that? 1,000 pounds. 1,000 pounds. 1,000 pounds or less. Yeah. You don't have to declare it. Anything above that, you will have to declare it in way, one way or another. Not if I remember world. correctly, this came about people uh, selling things on eBay and they're like, I only sold 200 quid. Do I need to write a report for that? Uh, yeah, exactly. that. Okay. Yeah, I think people so don't realize that even when they're selling random things and making money, once they hit a thousand pounds, this is ta all taxable. Exactly. That's, that's exactly absolutely right. Um, and so anything that you earn ab above that, it will be taxed either you will be taxed as either sole trader. So it's the, I think the starting point is always remembering if you end um, more than that, you must remember. If it's a small amount, I would always say if you think that you potentially will earn extra 5, 10, 15K, mm -hmm. that being a sole trader is probably a better option because we'll, it will sort of allow you more time because you would have to spend a little more time So than limited company. So you've got effectively just to kind of, I guess, um, illustrated. If you're planning to start a side hustle or mm -hmm. a small business in addition to your work, you've got two roads effectively. You've got two options. Option number one, being a sole trader, 
Mm -hmm. And option number two, setting up a limited company and being a director of that company. Mm. Um, in option number one, being a sole trader, obviously there are the obvious tax implications. And in both of those cases, there are obvious tax implications, with, which we can talk about later on. And the link that you will post will have more detail on that as well. Um, and I think remembering, I think the really important thing is to remember that whether it's a side hustle and you earn from it five, ten, fifteen thousand pounds, or whether it's fifty or hundred, whatever, no matter what the amount, if you have a website that you sell goods or services through, mm. always remember of the legal aspect, having contracts, proper contracts in place. Um, good templates and uh, you know things like terms and conditions on your website because you are at the same risk as any other business obviously your liability may be, may be, may be lower but that's yeah. something to, I think remember about mm. um, I also think that having a proper setup especially if you're really planning for it to be your main hassle because <laughs> it's always a bit of a hassle mm. um, then I definitely would I like to have everything set up properly I mean I'm an accountant from the world go and making sure that your foundations are really strong so um you know a lot of people start and they it's all very shaky and then there's actually a lot of fixing especially in the accountancy world mm. um people come to us clients come to us with all sorts of problems and it actually can be more expensive if i'm honest to mm. fix something that you know you Ooh, can you can you give more color on that what sort of things might you get wrong that need fixing yeah. You know, the, the, I think the biggest one, the biggest, and I, I cannot tell you, honestly, you have to sit down, I think. I cannot tell you how many times we had the problem with that. We have clients who, for three years, were side hustling, and they decided to, um, to come to us after three years. They've got, I don't know, 40, 50,000 pounds worth of um, income from that, <laughs> and they've never filed the self-assessment tax return. Ah, so none of this has been declared yet. You can only imagine what the you know what the what the what the issue that would cause you if you all of a sudden you were like oh my gosh I have to pay all that money in tax oh and so on and obviously we have to remember that it's it's an extra money that you've earned so if it's if it's your um it would be, you know you do have to file your taxes whether you're sole trader or whether you run a limited company in either of those mm. cases. It's very important to remember your deadlines. Sorry for something like a, such a boring accountant, but yeah. it's just what it is. Um, I had yes, yeah. and they were sole traders, I guess, so they didn't realize that they needed to, perhaps. Yeah, although it is, it can be a consent, really, because if I earn some money, I you know I can I can sort of understand if you earn. A you know what they say: common sense is uncommon to everyone. Yeah, and I can imagine someone. Uh, rationalizing to themselves that oh HMRC will find out for themselves HMRC of, of course have access to all my accounts so they know what I'm earning and they'll just send me the bill for my tax but it doesn't work like that I mean the one thing I'd say is that like yourself I like things done in order but sometimes I've done it too fast and there's an administrative cost to having a business bank account and an accountant etc and right now I've got a few things I'm playing around with and I'm like if it works I'll set up a limited company. And of course, tax law allows you to backdate things. So I'm only using a certain personal account for business. If it all works, I can set it up as a limited company. And I've already got a company that's on the shelf that's dormant. And I can say, this is all part of this business and just report it like that. If it's less than five grand, I just put it with my self-assessment. I do a self-assessment anyway, because I own a property. 
the bite-to-let homeowners have to do a self-assessment return. Ah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think if we're talking about very small amounts, particularly early stages of the business, is really just incurring expenses. Um, so if, if I think we have to be very clear here. If you're building up your business and mm. you're only incurring expenses and actually not earning anything from it, mm. that's not a problem at all. You can bring mm. four years of worth of expenses to your new limited company and so you mm. can pay some of the stuff. But the moment you're starting, you start as a sole trader and the moment you start earning money, you mm. cannot blackface it for a limited company. You start from the day you set up a limited company. But yeah, by all means, you can bring the expenses. So I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think, um, I think if you are earning expenses, I also declare them. So I, in addition to my pay-as-you-earn, there's a line for self-employment and they reduce my tax if my expenses have exceeded the business revenues. Correct, correct. Exactly. If you're earning above a certain amount, you can do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's definitely... Uh, as again, it's just kind of common sense and doing the research. And at the moment, there is just, well, at the moment in general, there's just so much information available for, for people who are planning to open their business. Um, I mean, and I, I think that's why it gets overwhelming. It's too much well, information. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I it's because it's as an accountant, you already think about it in a certain way and have all sure. the basics in your head. Whereas yeah. someone who has never, ever thought about these issues, it's a complete quagmire. They have no idea where to start or even who to ask. Yeah, perhaps that's, yeah, maybe I never thought, yes, I think we don't know what we don't know and we, know, we don't know what we know really in a way because yeah. we don't know how. And so when I, so for instance, if I explain things like zero, if I do zero training, but if I did zero training for my clients and even if I'm explaining basic concepts like, you know, balance sheet, profit and loss and so on, I always apologize in advance. I will always say, please accept my apologies in advance. If, if I'm stating the complete obvious and you would be surprised how many of these clients have absolutely no clue. Mm. So it is actually really important to, to kind of to state the obvious because they may be amazing graphic designers mm. or they may be, you know, fantastic piano teachers or, or, or great at whatever they do, but not everyone knows everything. And that's something that we really do have to remember um, mm-hmm. explaining in, in really great detail. Um, but that's also a skill, I think, because I mm. think what was it Einstein who said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you'll not understand it well enough yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that really is the case. Um, that's true. I mean, my five-year-old can explain what a balance sheet is. I've told him that. Amazing. <laughs> Very smart boy. <laughs> yeah, I love teaching him financial concepts and sometimes economics concepts, but... I know, I, won't, I know they won't teach him at school, so he needs to learn it from somewhere. Absolutely, definitely. It's, it's actually, I think that we sort of going over the topic, but I think it's such a great shame that we don't teach the children at school um, mm. things like that in like basic financial concepts, but unless you take it as, I think maybe as your A-levels, um, nobody will sort of, I mean, I don't think school teaches common sense. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just want you to be a good worker. So I've learned one thing already, like when I go away from here, I need to check that my terms and conditions on my website are fit for purpose. Another thing people might need to think about is the tax. So in addition to income tax, do you have to pay self-employment national insurance if you've already got a proper job? Doesn't that national insurance cover you? Like you'd be double paying national insurance if you did? How does that work? Mm, that's a very good point. Yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? You're already paid loads of national insurance, particularly if you're higher income um, taxpayer. But unfortunately, that's just not how it works. What? Um, so, in addition, 
so in addition so as employed people in our poa jobs we mm-hmm. obviously paid a class one national insurance contribution mm-hmm. everyone always complains about mm-hmm. um but if you were starting a side hustle so apart from your you know class one national insurance contributions that you're already paying through your employment income mm-hmm. you will also have to pay extra two classes class two and class four national insurance contributions now the class two is a simple one. You only will have to pay three pounds and five pence per week that you have worked in your self-employment above um, a certain limit. And the limit is 6,475 pounds. So if you earn above that, that's the only time you have to start worrying about paying. So what, what's that threshold for the class four? For, sorry, for class two, it's <laughs> six, four, seven, five. Oh, okay. And that's the three pounds per week. It's three pounds per week, which obviously is not a great amount, mm. uh, really, especially if you're not um, working all the weeks. Class four is is the bigger hit, if you like. So mm. for class four, um, you have to, and it, we're talking about the profit. So any yeah. profit that mm. you made, it's not your turnover, because sometimes people confuse it. Mm. They don't want the confusion. So, you know, if for, sorry, this is like very obvious, but let's say, you know, you, the difference between your sales. So if you had sales of 60K, Mm-hmm. expenses cost mm-hmm. of 20k you left with 40k profit so mm-hmm. the difference between your sales and your expenses this is very obvious but you would be very surprised how many people get completely confused mm-hmm. um so the profit that you actually generate from your side hustle from your business um the n- first nine and a half thousand pounds don't have to pay national insurance contributions but anything that you've earned between nine and a half thousand pounds up to fifty thousand pounds will attract a national insurance contribution charge of 9%. 9%. So let me get this straight. That means if I make 100K profit, yep. in fact, if I make, a, did you say you start paying above the 9K? Well, you start paying. So the difference between 9.5K of profit up to 50, you'll pay 9%. But anything above 50K, you will pay. You will have to pay farther, two um, percent, and that doesn't have upper threshold. You will always pay it, even if you earn half a million. Yeah. You will have to pay um, those two percent. Okay, so if I made a hundred and nine thousand five hundred of profit, yeah, okay, one hundred thousand uh, would be fifty thousand of the hundred thousand would have this nine percent. Correct. Yeah. And then the other fifty thousand would have this two percent. Basically, exactly. And on yeah. top of that, there'll be corporation tax of, is it 19% still? So that's for limit. That's for, so just taking it back. So we're discussing sole trader. Oh, yes. Okay. That's great. Oh, yes, of course. So this is the sole trader impact. Exactly. So if you're sole trader, you will have to pay income tax mm. in addition to already, obviously, you already paid your income tax for your main employment. Yeah. And that really depends on how much you've earned. As we know, the first twelve and a half thousand pounds, your personal allowance is tax-free, which you most definitely would be using through your main employment. Mm. Um, the the difference between twelve and a half up to thirty-seven and a half percent, mm. sorry, seven and a half, um, thirty-seven and a half thousand pounds, mm. that will be charged as the lower threshold. That will be charged at twenty yes. percent. And the moment we go above thirty-seven and a half, up to hundred thousand, mm. you will pay forty percent. And then mm. obviously, if you go above that, that's forty-five. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we're looking, if you like, on a big picture. So, if you earned, um, just just to double check, it's forty five percent after one hundred and fifty k, right? 
45 oh sorry 45 percent yeah yes but the 100k is when you start losing your personal allowance personal allowance and sorry 150k you go to 45 percent okay at this point we've already lost absolutely everybody on the income but tax we like, have it really well explained in the article so if you refer back and actually yeah. the rate hasn't changed since last year that much anyway so yeah if you we can refer back to the article actually i'm i'm a, I'm, a, I'm visual i have to see stuff i cannot actually operate on on the just speaking on about what only. it's really well explained there yeah and if you're considering at any point you're already doing it and you mm. want to start a business or side hustle you know call it whatever you like um referred back to that article because it, it explained i think my message to myself it explains it relatively well because those are simple things really they yeah that ex- you know yeah science um it's really simply explained there so there's a little um there's a little explanation that will be very, very clear to everyone. Thank you. That's really useful. So uh, the long and short of it is in additional, in addition to your pairs, you earn national insurance. If you are a sole trader, you'll have to pay possibly to other forms of national insurance. Correct. But if you're a limited company and you don't have an employee in your personal limited company and you're just the director and company secretary, then you don't have these extra national insurances. Exactly. So if you were director of a sort of one woman, one man band company, mm. you, you will have to still pay corporation tax at 19%. Mm. Um, there is a, I think personally, there is a big benefit of actually running, unless it's obviously tiny, then obviously don't bother. But if you think you may earn an extra 15, 20, 30,000 pounds from your, mm. from a side hustle, um, you or anything really above 10 or 15 mm. that just to, just to justify the accounting cost because of course you will have to hire a professional to um file your accounts perhaps mm. to help you with the booking and so on and actually well actually just to check there is it a legal a requirement that your limited company must have a, a proper accountant no it's not a legal requirement but i've seen it costs a lot of money if you don't <laughs> to, to, re- to review back so, uh, yes. I think to go back to your question. Yes. It can be very expensive. Plus, you are very financial savvy, and and you obviously um, know a lot about this. But a lot of people wouldn't just know even where to start. To be honest, I still get an accountant. Although I've got an accounting qualification, uh, if I want to do a corporate tax return, I get an accountant because I don't want to do that IXR, BRL, whatever language. <laughs> like the form is not designed to make it easy for you. <laughs> No, no, no. It's, and there would be things that you know change like capital allowances and if it's tiny businesses of course it will be simpler mm. it will always be reflected in the price mm. um, but there will be there's a lot of things it's not as simple as just filing your you know um, profit and loss um, because that's obviously a simple bit there's loads of things that you have to, have to think about you can we can talk about use of home and things like that capital mm. allowances depreciation etc etc there's loads of things that we would never have enough time to i mean you have done acca so you know how how long does it actually yeah. take to, to yeah actually learn it all um yeah. the simple uh, thing to get from this is if you want to get it right and if you don't want to get in, in trouble with the h the m the r and the c <laughs> <laughs> I, I, teach this, I teach this thing to my son i said tell me four people you'll never mess with and he says the h the m the r and the c so if you ever meet my son, ask him about the four people he never messes with. Oh, well, oh, that must be so cute. No, that's, that's really good. I, I've seen it, you know, I've seen it going wrong. And, and I sort of, I, I'd rather 
rather safe than sorry. I, would say. Mm. I think the great, and I think this is a massive benefit um, of getting an accountant because people often think, well, it's just the compliance or the idea of hearing accounts making me nauseous. You know, people are often, and then nobody, nobody, not even accountants like doing the year-end accounts. Like it's not, mm. it doesn't excite you. It's mm. the advice along the way that you get from your accountant, you know, making sure that you claim for all the right things. And sometimes, as you say, you know, even with the vast information available out there mm. on the internet, perhaps through books, magazines, etc., but mainly I would say internet is being able to actually pick up a phone or email a professional who will be able to ask you mm. to answer your question and then you'll be able to ask all the all the questions that you just don't know the answers to. And mm. having that support, knowing that things are done properly, knowing that you're using all the right things um, and so on. You know, very mm. often we had clients coming to us because they didn't, maybe that's just, maybe that's just, as you say, the, lack, the common sense of lack mm. of it. But we had sometimes clients coming to us who are turning, you know, 150, 200,000 pounds. Wow. That's normal businesses. That's not really for side hustlers. Mm. Um, you know, who, who never actually registered for VAT because they didn't realize they had to. Oh. Um, so that's a big, you know, that, when you think about 20%, um, the heat of 20%, that's a massive amount of money at, at higher, you know, at, at sort of higher rates. Um, so these were doing, uh, not a limited company, they were doing business as a sole trader and they didn't realize they needed to do... It's for, both, it's for both, actually. Whether you're a sole trader or whether you're a limited company, above, unless you're exempt, that's another thing. But yeah. Above 83K? About 85,000 oh. pounds, you have to register for VAT. And some of them they didn't know and unfortunately, VAT freaks me out. I just want my business <laughs> to turn over 84K per annum. And as soon as I hit 84K, I'll close all my digital sale portals. I don't want to make any more money. <laughs> right. Also, get... another thing, this yeah. is pretty important. Everyone yeah. who's listening, if you're selling, um, you know, I have clients who sell digital services. Let's say, you know, one of my clients uh, sells a guide, sort of online guides to different cities and so on. Hmm. Um, do remember to look at what's called, we, we won't have enough time to go into this because it's a vast, vast topic. Mm-hmm. Um, something called MOS, M for Mother, O for Oscar, double S for Sugar. Mm-hmm. It, it's a VET scheme mm-hmm. that is basically prescribed for businesses that are doing stuff online. Definitely research that. It's quite a particular and narrow thing mm-hmm. to research. So it won't be difficult, but do because not necessarily you have to hit the 85 um, ah. we have to think about other things I mean it's definitely something worth looking into um, but yeah. again you have to you know that's really for, it's not side hustling it's for big, or for bigger businesses so yeah just kind of putting it out there yeah and there's also EU VAT considerations and I've recently found a website where they handle EU VAT for you it's yeah. called PayHip. I'm not getting paid to mention them. <laughs> PayHip.com. And I've started using them. And they basically handle any EU, EU VAT um, returns for you. So it, they deduct it. When you make your digital sale, they know whether the person is in Switzerland or Austria. They take off the right amount of VAT. And I guess they must have some arrangement with HMRC where they submit that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, was checking those companies, but th- there's quite a few of those who um, okay. can help with that. Mm. Okay. Now, I hadn't listed this as something I might ask you, but if I've made 10k, you've got me worried that now I probably need to get some accounting and legal advice. Uh, I've got 10k profit. 
well, I'm just saying any listener. Okay. How much should I be expecting to pay? A, for the tax return. And I guess I would want to know if I'm a sole trader, what, what's the cost to do my self-assessment? Because some people might not be comfortable with that. Uh, or if I want both, um, a self-assessment on me as a director and um, a corporate tax return and the whole, the whole deal, how much should I be expecting to pay? It, again, it really depends. Um, and I would say our starting prices for, for self-assessment would be around £250 plus VET. That's one of everything covered. Um, it, it, it depends also on the complexity because um, I do have clients, they're not that common, but I do have clients that think, oh, I'm just a sole trader. And there's a very fine line between filing your self-assessment and sole trader accounts. But self-assessment is for, for quite basic, but few expenses, you earn a little bit of money and you file your self-assessment. The moment it gets a bit more complicated where you actually have loads of, you know, loads of different streams of income and you have loads of different expenses, mm -hmm. um, like the software will not be able to cover. So you, we would have to actually file a sole trader accounts, but they wouldn't be that much. I probably would say four or 500 pounds plus VET to, to mm -hmm. file those. So mm -hmm. you can see the cost is actually not that, um, not that huge yeah. unless you're earning very little. Mm -hmm. um, but equally, you know, if you earn, if you just earn a thousand pounds and the conf you can also do it yourself through HMRC's website, particularly at the very low levels, mm. I think it, it could, it, sometimes it could cost you a kind of more to actually, um, that you actually earned. And obviously at that, that, that stage, it's probably best to, you, you could do it yourself effectively. So something yeah. I should probably be saying, but you could, you could potentially do it yourself if you feel comfortable enough. Yeah. Um, with limited company accounts, they are obviously more complex. Um, so we're looking at probably something quite basic accounts, around six hundred pounds plus VET, give or take. Mm. Um, but we do have very competitive uh, packages for if you think this is going to be my my business, and I really have trajectory of earning. You know, I want to quit. I have a lot of clients who come to me and would say, in next six months, I want to quit my job, but I, I I'm not ready quite yet. Mm. Um, because it will be my drain on my finances and so on. Um, then I always, if, if you're feeling, if you're quite serious about your business, mm -hmm. I would probably get one of the packages where it will cover, you know, your self-assessment and the company accounts and perhaps provide you with software like Xero, which we, mm -hmm. which we sort of um, use. Um, because that already, I think, prepares you for the future. Mm -hmm. So there's no nasty surprises. You know, you've done everything from the very beginning mm -hmm. the right way. Um, and I think for me personally, Maybe that's just me, but I think, as I said, I don't get especially excited about year in the count. Mm. But having someone who will be there every step of the way, helping you, mm. with any questions you may have, mm. that's, I think that would be a huge help for me. Um, mm. And you know, explaining even the, the, the basic or the more complex concepts, just like a helping hand. Yeah, and do you have to pay extra for these, you know, additional questions? Oh, Sylvia, you know, I don't know this, I don't know that. Are you billing them by the five minutes? No, no, we don't. No, we don't. So normally you, you would be on a package, let's say, I don't know, eight, like if you're, if you're a business and you have a limited company, you're director of a business, you're turning over, I don't know, 30, 40, 50K, whatever it is. Um, we've got this package starting at 80 pounds plus VT per month. Mm -hmm. That includes also the software and software itself can be 30 pounds. So it's quite a, quite, I would say, competitive package. If you're on that package or up, let's say, then those questions are all included. You can always yes. call in your accountant if you have any questions. Yes. Um, and then you'll always be able to 
to help. So no, we don't, we don't tend to, I think it would be, I just, I think it would be wrong. I, I don't, I don't. So that's actually excellent. So you get some um, software packaging zero uh, within your package. And as you get receipts, do you just pop them into there? Um, so that at the end of the year, it's not like I have to send my accountant 500 receipts and get it all done. It's already been being done monthly. Exactly, exactly, exactly that. So we use two softwares actually to complicate things. We use receipt bank that links to zero and you can just send everything through. We also do allow our clients to, we obviously provide you with our training um, on how to use zero, what are the features, how to raise your own invoices, which I, I, I cannot like, again, I'm also not paid for this. And we use zero simply because it is the best software on the market. That it's just what it is. And mm-hmm. um, has gone up. We've got clients with, you know, 5,000, 50,000 turnover and we've got clients with, you know, 5 million and so on. So um, it, it really is a system that can, can really grow with your, with your business. Um, but I do think, and I cannot stress that enough because I've seen it in practice, mm-hmm. that having a software and having someone to show you how to use it, having someone to monitor it at the beginning or the first few months or so on, um, and as you go along, Mm-hmm. really can grow your business much faster because having actual grip on your numbers and knowing mm-hmm. what's coming in, what's going out, we all think, I mean, how many times did you just sort of go on a spending spree and you just sort of lift your life and then one day you wake up, oh my God, I'm still paying for that subscription that I, you know, I'm not using since last year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Having and being able to access your financial data in real mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. being able to know what, your, what invoices are still outstanding, what pay you know that's perhaps for bigger business but knowing your the costs that are still outstanding the expenses that you still haven't paid mm. having the real grasp i guess of the, of the whole concept is i think it's really important yeah and zero your bank accounts you don't have to import anything it just puts everything in it's quite yeah. easy to really easy to use and it really feels like you you know what you're doing it feels it a, allows you i think to treat your business or your side hustle as a real business mm. um but also it does really make, forces you to think more like a business. Mm. Um, but I completely appreciate that 80 pounds plus VT for someone who doesn't know whether they're going to earn 200 pounds a year or, or 200,000 pounds a year. Mm. I completely get it. So then you can, you can always come to us and, and we can help you with your self-assessment or with your year-end accounts afterwards. Yeah, that's really useful. I mean, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, I don't even have a view of how many costs have racked up in the last three months, I just spent, my husband says I buy something every day and I'm like, but it's for business. And he's like, yeah, but you have no idea like how much you've spent. <laughs> um, I, know, I know. This pandemic yeah. hasn't been good for our bank accounts. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sylvia, I think you've given us tons of food for thought there. And it's good to know that people in the UK are trying to do side hustling and side hustling is expected to increase. I assume this increase is due to the fact that it's so easy, so easy to set something up now. So more people are likely to be a bit more interested in it. And with crises like this, I think people just start thinking, what else can I do? Absolutely. I also think it's, uh, it just sounds a bit sort of, maybe it's simple or strange, but I also think that the new generation, so the people that are, I mean, obviously, you know, we are, we are internet savvy, but I think that that's the, our generation, the generation after us, Mm. Um, they are obviously so internet savvy, so technologically savvy, 
Mm. Um, and, and they were brought up in, in almost slightly different. I, I read somewhere, I think it was it, my husband's in an article. I read somewhere that an average school leaver or university leaver, I cannot remember now on top of my head, um, mm. will have something like seven careers in their lifetime. Mm. careers which is I, I think I need to dig it out I'm not sure where, where I read it but it's um, because everything is so easy and people completely constantly move from you know from different that would be you would never think that if it was our parents generation yeah in it was cases, structured for them it was more simple more straightforward many of them have final salary pension schemes they didn't need to think about saving for their own retirement Exactly, exactly, which we have to do now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, definitely, definitely something. I, but I think what you mentioned about the internet is obviously that, that's an obvious. And, and I think the rise of Amazon is a massive part of it because I cannot tell you how many Amazon sellers we've got. Oh, really? Lots of them. Oh my gosh, this is, this is definitely a, a, a huge, huge market. I buy almost everything from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Saving the economy. <laughs> yeah, the, the only reason Jeff Bezos is about to become the first trillionaire is that lots of other little yes. millionaires are being made yes. in the background because of Amazon. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. He makes a cut off of everything sold on Amazon, be it a pencil or a Canon camera. Imagine if you're making some money off of, off of almost everything that's sold in the world. Insane. Exactly. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's definitely made things. Easy. But I think when you think about it, it's, the ma- it's Amazon Marketplace and you can sell and buy pretty much anything o- o- on it, yeah. which is also a convenience and you're really giving something to people that they need. So you mm-hmm. can buy everything there. You can get your music, you can stream your movies. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a, Amazon. I think it's a fantastic product, product in itself mm. and it's helping to build UK businesses. Yeah. I mean, I, I have sold on Amazon and they sometimes don't have great tactics. Like when I started selling on Amazon, they only used to charge you for storage. If you had stuff that had been in there for a year, then they cut it to every six months. And then they obviously have the fixed costs. So for every item you sell, there's a percentage of 15% they take. Mm-hmm. And I, on certain packages, there's also a fixed amount. Mm-hmm. So the, this increases every year. And I mean, they also have, you know, concerns about how well they treat their workers, how many hours they make them work, how much they pay them, et cetera. But if they sorted all that out, yeah, it is a good business. Mm. I mean, one year I looked, Amazon should have summaries of how much you spent on their website, but they don't because if you saw it, you'd stop spending. <laughs> but what they do give you is a list of how many items you bought or, or, or on Amazon. And one year I looked and I had bought 250 items on Amazon. That means I was literally buying something every single day. And it wasn't huge things. I think it was small things. It was business things. And I think I had my ha- house done up that year. So it could have been things like cushions. But I was like, oh my God, excuse my blasphemy. 250 items in one year on Amazon? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I think if I'm honest, at the beginning, I, in the, when the, the whole pandemic started and we, we were in lockdown, mm. I'm pretty sure I bought in the last four months 250 items if that makes you feel any better it's, it's yeah. crazy there was a package and, and of course you can't this is one thing you can't buy mm. you know them as a sort of well you can sometimes but generally you can't buy them as a cluster so you know so if you go to john lewis website you can buy 10 things and it will send it all in yeah. one only one go with that i was ordering loads of tiny like 
time yeah. between like, as you say like, your face hair. wash your mascara your foundation i know and they were arriving and my husband was like how can you buy so many things it's crazy but yeah it, 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 they, 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 you know they could be really cheap stuff and they pack them separately the yeah. one thing that i never sold anything on amazon just so i'm not an expert on selling on amazon you're mm. you're the you're the expert but i i did buy quite a few things from amazon and i really don't like the sort of the, the packaging they always send me like this pen in a, in a big box you know i don't want to you know kill off the rainforest um so i think i have written to them before about that how can you put this tiny thing in this huge box? I think they, they try to do a bit better nowadays. I haven't noticed it yeah. to be as bad, but that's the thing they need to sort out as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, lovely t- chatting to you, Sylvia. I will put all your contact details within the show notes so people can find you. And if they want to start a side hustle or even a full-time business and they need some guidance, um, they can find out what they need to be thinking about. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if anyone is interested, um, they can feel free to call me and yourself. If you have any questions, feel free to call me. I'm always very happy to help. And I, I just, the reason I, it sounds so funny, but the reason I became accountant, I would do what I do because I, I really love helping people and businesses and help to grow them. So I'm very happy to speak to anyone who's sort of interested. Fantastic. I will stop recording now. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to ask me a personal finance question, please type themoneyspot.co.uk into your address bar and you'll be redirected to the exact page on my website where you can ask a question. There are three things I would love you to do. Why don't you have a look at my ebooks or courses? My property course is the top rated UK course on Udemy for people who want to begin to invest in property. My notes to debt freedom give you an A to Z guide on how you can go from debt to zero debt. And finally, my workbook B School for Money Wise Wealth Bound Kids will be a fun book that you and your kid can go through together to start teaching them all the common sense things they need to know about money so that they never ever struggle with debt. The second thing I'd love you to do is to please rate me five star on Apple Podcasts And if I don't yet deserve your five star, please send me a message and let me know how I can earn your five star rating. And finally, if you're just loving what you're hearing and the value I'm putting out there, look into the show notes and buy your girl a coffee. Thank you. Have a great day.